Ah, late August in Idaho. It means the last bit of summer vacation, county fairs, camping, and, oh yeah, wildfires. Three huge wildfires continue to chew through A parched landscapes. A handful of rangeland wildfires have cropped up Four in different fires Idaho. near Grandview, Cuna, Marsing, and Murphy have been and a half, contained. Idaho's fire season has literally blown up. With and beyond our often smoky borders, we've seen the same images over and over again on TV this summer. Large air tankers flying dangerously close to houses and hillsides in places like California and Colorado. We watch as the plane belly opens up and a pink-red substance blankets the homes and manicured lawns below. But even though you may be used to seeing this fire retardant fall from the sky, do you really know how it works? I'm Frankie Barnhill, host of Wanna Know Idaho, and at the beginning of August, I found out that many of you are super curious to learn more about this firefighting tool. So hang tight. We're about to learn all about it in this month's episode of Wanna Know Idaho. So we are sitting in the parking lot outside the National Interagency Fire Center, and by we, I mean, this is Frankie and... Mary Ryman. And um, Mary, so your question uh, was the winning question for this <laughs> Wanna Know Idaho episode, and um, why, where did it come from? Why were you interested in knowing more about fire retardant? One of the first things I think about when I see or hear about wildfires I get this image of the tanker plane dropping big plumes of red stuff. So I, I just wanted to know, what is it? Is it a dry mixture? I had a whole bunch of questions about it. Hi there. Les? Thankfully, Les Dixon is waiting to help us. He's the air tanker base manager at the National Interagency Fire Center in Boise. We have air tanker bases uh, all throughout the United States. Most of them are predominantly here in the West. The planes at Nipsey have to be loaded up with fire retardant and ready at a moment's notice to fly to a wildfire. One of the fun things about working here at the fire center is that literally I never know when I drive through that gate every morning what's going to be sitting here on the on the runway. That's Jennifer Jones, a Forest Service spokesperson. This isn't the first time she's answered questions about fire retardant. I sometimes feel like I spend most of my life talking about air tankers um, because you're right, that is what's very visible about fire suppression. Um, what you and other members of the public don't see is those literally sometimes on individual fires, thousands of boots on the ground. The military analogy is a good one. Firefighters on the ground are engaged in hand-to-hand -hand combat with the fire, while the air tankers are providing cover for them to do the arduous work of suppression. Using hand tools, whether that's Pulaski's, chainsaws, shovels, etc., to try to remove all the grass, brush, trees, tying in with natural barriers where we can, like rivers and rocks, etc., to try to remove all the fuel around the perimeter of that fire and try to, you've probably heard this term, contain the fire within that perimeter. And then when we're sure that perimeter is going to hold, we call a fire control. All this time, Mary's been eyeing the plane parked right next to us, and she has some questions about it. How long does it take to refuel it with retardant and do the checkup? This guy here is a 2,000 gallon tanker. We load uh, 400 gallons plus a minute. So in about 12, 15 minutes probably. Oh, wow. At this point, I can't help but notice there's a ladder leaning up against the plane's back door, and the door is open. We can get in one or close to one. How close? Can we? It don't matter if you want to climb the ladder. I mean, 
Of course I want to climb the ladder. Wow, how exciting. And then the co-pilot shows up. His name is Dylan and he's from New Zealand. And of course, we have some questions for him too. Are there any conditions during a fire that are just prohibitive for you to go out with the plane? Definitely. Too smoky, too exactly. whatever. So the smoke, usually when the smoke starts getting down to about a mile or a mile and a half, uh, that can be a huge factor. Could you show us the cockpit? Absolutely. Yeah, just give me those controls. Here, you get in, Mary. Where are we going? Yeah, where are we going? We're going to Vegas. One thing I would like to show you um, is a, this is the, um, the bomb system up here. So with the load of retardant we have, the 2,000 2, gallons, we can drop that. We can change our, uh, our, drop, our drop selector to an eighth. So we can drop it up to eight different times. On top of that, we can also change the thickness of that drop as well. So if it's a very, uh, very large fire with a lot of um, heavy fuels like timbers and forests, uh, we'll generally need a, a thicker coverage level. But what's quite common in Idaho, especially in the, um, the grassy areas, grass fires generally will stop um, without much uh, without much retardant, so we can bring the, the, the coverage uh, thickness down to about three, and basically that gives us a longer spread, over a mile of, of retardant we can drop down. Hmm. Where's the button? The button to is release here, the right here. That's a great question. There's some red button here, and we've got one up there as well. Do you take turns pressing the button? <clears throat> In this aircraft, the captain only drops the fire retardant. Do you see yourself doing this? Definitely, yeah. This is definitely a good career for me because I only work for four to five months per year so what do you do in your off season ski nice as fun as it is to play pilot we were curious about some things that only a scientist can answer we went looking for the person who makes sure the fire retardant is ready for those wildfire drops and we found her in montana Okay, so um, my name is Shirley Zalstra. I'm the program leader for Wildland Fire Chemicals and Aerial Delivery Systems with the National Technology and Development Program. So that's one of the offices in the Forest Service. What is the fire retardant? What is it made of? It's about 80 to 85 percent water, and then there's about 10 to 15 percent uh, fertilizer. Um, usually a ammonium phosphate based fertilizer and then the remaining percentage five to ten percent will be things like a thickener uh, there's coloring in there wow so fertilizer puts fires out it slows the fire down so that our field or our um, ground crews can get out there and actually put the fire line in so it, it decreases the intensity of the fire and it decreases the flame height so they can, they can work closely next to the fire. What does it do when it lands on a forest or into a stream or where deer or birds or fish are living? Seven or eight years ago, we, we did a very large environmental impact statement that looked at all the different scenarios and, and you know, what might happen if this retardant is dropped into a waterway, um, say bull trout habitat or, or some waterway where we've got a threatened and endangered fish species. And they found that fish can die from the fertilizer. 
So since that study, firefighting officials have put an emphasis on avoiding waterways by using GPS mapping in remote forest terrain to go around the streams as much as possible. Mary also wanted to know, how much does the retardant cost? Shirley says that for the first 100,000 gallons, it could be a half a million dollars, at about $5 per gallon. But once it goes over 100,000 gallons, the price per gallon can drop below $2. Okay, let's check back in with Mary at the National Interagency Fire Center. What stood out to you? What surprised you? I didn't know that the fire retardant wasn't putting out the fire. It's just a small tool so the people on the ground can have time, buy time, to do their work of chopping down trees and getting rid of grass and building fire lines. Thanks to Mary Ryman for such great questions. And a big high five to Boise Music Project, Up Is The, Down Is The, for the stellar theme music. So what should we look into in September? Go to boisestatepublicradio.org and click on the Wanna Know Idaho podcast tab to submit a question. I'm Frankie Barnhill. Until next time, stay curious, Idaho. Idaho.